Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. We're talking about Baylor victories in football, also one in basketball today. And uh, we do have Chris Williams joining us now from KWTX. Chris, uh, I've been sampling some of the basketball, like audio and that kind of thing. My gosh, those kids over there, all those elementary schools, like 30 buses of kids, 6,000 kids in the Farrell Center, they were making some noise in a blowout win over Mississippi Valley State. That was an impressive uh, group of youngsters, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen a group so excited in a 50-point game, but they were cheering just as loud at the end as they were at the start. And it was funny, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, they were saying that it it felt like a big-time atmosphere in there because the kids were so loud. So, yeah, that's that's a fun tradition they have. (laughs) A big game atmosphere. I like it. What, what was it, 117 to 53. I had so many thoughts on Baylor, Oklahoma, I hadn't even said that score yet. And um, as you tweeted, Baylor beats Miss, uh, Mississippi Valley State by 1,000. I mean, Mississippi Valley State is not particularly good. It didn't appear. But, it, yeah, it was good to play somebody else and get everybody out there. And so uh, a good day all the way around. Uh, Chris Williams back from Norman. Now, Chris, I was there, and I actually was in the stands. Now, you were down there on the on the sidelines and uh, uh, on the field for that game and, and getting some good. And I love it when you get some of these good shots of, like, you know, because we're, we're all wondering, well, why is Monterey or why is this guy or why, why are we not seeing more Reese in this game? And then you go to, you go to Chris Williams' uh, uh, Twitter handle and you find out. And he's got a picture of Reese walking off the field. So I think that's good, Chris, that uh, you're Johnny on the spot down there. Did you have any sense that Reese had the, the flu? Did he look, look kind of sickly? Or what, uh, what, what did you, were you tipped off at all when, uh, when you, were walk, when you, were, you know, got a shot of him walking off the field? I wouldn't have guessed the flu or, or illness necessarily. I thought it was interesting because usually when the guys are hitting the locker room early, you can see a limp or you see him, you know, holding an arm or something. So I thought it was odd that he wasn't, you know, favoring anything, but he definitely didn't look completely there. He didn't look like he had the energy that, you know, he's usually like the energizer bunny out there. Reese is one of those guys who is full energy, all game, 60 minutes. So, I probably should have put it together that maybe it was an illness type thing, but mostly I just, I was shocked, but a little relieved that there was no limp or anything involved, but wondering what is going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's, that's right. But I mean, at least we kind of knew, Hey, here's one of the reasons he's leaving. Something is amiss. You also got a very up close look at that sooner schooner. Uh, I mean, now that thing famously a couple of years ago tipped over and, uh, and that became one of the great memes of all time, but they seem like they've got that thing under better control. They don't, they don't go quite as fast with it. And now Chris, I'm looking at your shot of it. I don't, did you ever get it? Did you get any footage of that baby schooner they put out there at one point? I mean, they, they do the full schooner with the horses and that's kind of fun. But then at one point, they had a little baby schooner come out um, uh, and, and run around the field. I didn't catch the baby schooner. I didn't catch the baby schooner. I'm sorry. 
That's okay. That's okay. I thought you did uh, fine work. Uh, well, what a big win for the Bears, though. I mean, to do that in enemy territory, hostile crowd there, uh, and to do it, Chris, they weren't perfect. I mean, it's not like, you know, you sometimes you go, we're going to have to play extremely smart and well and everything on the road and everything's got to go our way. Everything didn't go their way, and they still won. Feels like we're starting to see the Baylor team we expected to see, a team that can pull it out even when it's uh, tough. And I, I thought they took over that run game. That's why I like Grimes so much. You know, he's able to, to just go – whatever direction the game sort of calls for, okay? If the, if the pass really isn't there or we're, not, we're a little off, let's just pound this run game. That has to be a great feeling for an offensive line and running backs to be able to kind of break a team's will like they did to OU on Saturday. And to be able to do it regardless of who's carrying the ball. I mean, Richard Reese is out and you mm-hmm. see – Craig Williams, squirrel, step right in there and have, you know, 192 yards and two touchdowns of his own. So, yeah, it just, it's that, those games and Baylor fans have seen it from the other side and actually a little bit on Saturday where when your team can't stop the run and they're picking up just five, six, seven, eight yard chunks, it is so frustrating. It is such a helpless feeling. And like you said, it really, it just takes the energy out of your team and, and out of that home crowd when Baylor was just controlling the line of scrimmage, falling forward on every snap, and just seemingly having their way with that uh, that front seven of OU. What do you think about this this, this interceptions? Um, I mean, this is an amazing run they're on. I mean, I think at one point you said, what, did they have like seven in the last six quarters or, or something like that? It, it's remarkable, and – Aranda said he remembered going through a time in practice when they couldn't even get one for, like, long periods of time. Uh, You played college football, Chris. You know these things can sort of start to come in bunches. What are you sort of seeing, uh, especially from this secondary, That and maybe the pass rush has a lot to do with it as well, but why do you think they're going on this run like they are right now? Because this was very discouraging for the Sooners to have three interceptions by halftime. Yeah, I mean, a big part of being a defensive back, I think you and I have talked about this before, is is that confidence and that cockiness and that edge. And I think once you get one or you see your buddy next to you get one, all of a sudden you're breaking on out routes a little bit quicker. You're, you're getting there. You know, you have that confidence. To, you're not doubting yourself. And that's the, the biggest thing with playing fast on defense is being able to make quick decisions. See a couple balls get picked off. Sure, that, that first one by Doyle was tipped at the line and, and credit the pressure, like you said. I thought Dylan Gabriel looked so uncomfortable every time the Bears brought pressure on him, which is surprising because he's such a great quarterback. But I do. I think that the Bears got five against Texas Tech. And once you taste it, once you get that ball in your hand, you see your buddy do it, you really do start reading things quicker, breaking on balls quicker, and just trusting your instincts more than you did before. And that's what this Baylor defense is doing, at least with the takeaways. Obviously, they do have some other issues going on. Chris Williams from KWTX, joining the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. He does it all. You were out covering uh, Friday night football. I mean, what what are those results? That that was a tough one at that, that, uh, Belton University. Man, for the university to almost break through, not only to return to the playoffs for the first time since 2009, but had a legit shot to to have a share of that district title 
Um, walk me through that a little bit, because I think as I went through your timeline, I saw some uh, some shots from out there. Yeah, we well, you saw us sitting in the press box for two hours during the lightning delay first, but it is <laughs> remarkable how university has turned things around. You would not guess it's the same team as last year, and, and honestly, being around coach last year, you would not think that the university's head coach, you would not think it's the same guy as last year. He's smiling more. He's having fun. He's a little bit looser, and the guys are the same way. And, and once you get that way, you play better. But I was surprised. I, I did not know how they were going to handle coming in, district title on the line. They were the underdogs against Belton. I thought they handled that really well, and, and it was a great game. Obviously, university lost on that last, you know, that, that – uh, the two point conversion at the end there and, and Belton gets there. And then I think it was the, the field goal at the end actually. But I mean, to see them fight like that, this is a team that didn't win a game last year. I think won one game the year before. And now they're not just in a district title game, but they're actually legitimately competing for a district title. That's fun. And I'm excited to see what last year can continue to do with that program. Now that they have some momentum. All right. Any of these playoff matchups, sometimes uh, we get some very decisive wins early, especially with some of the better teams uh, in uh, in Central Texas. Which of these early, these bi-district matchups uh, kind of have your attention as we start to think about um, uh, uh, this coming Friday? Well, I'm definitely keeping an eye on Lake Belton. Uh, I mean, we saw the success they had the last two years. Well, now, They've been playing meaningful football. They've had some up-and-down games. They played in a make-or-break game for that fourth playoff spot. Now that they're in the playoffs, let's see. You know, can they can they get the upset win coming in as a four-seed coming out playing against Burlington uh, Centennial? So I think that's one I'm definitely keeping an eye on. And then that district with Lorena and Franklin and Academy, you have great teams that are sliding into the playoffs in those three and four spots like Academy. So it'll be interesting. It's easy to see them lose games. During the year, Cameron Yo's another one where it's, I think they're a very good football team. And, and I think whoever the district they're matching up with, with Yoakum and Hitchcock in there, that's a tough draw playing against some of these three and four seeds that are coming out of these tough districts and very easily could have been one or two seeds if they played in a different district. So Academy versus Hitchcock, Cameron Yo versus Yoakum. I'm keeping an eye on both those teams. I think both those teams could come away with a, a surprising win on Friday. Yoakum. There was a buddy of ours at Baylor from Yoakum. We never knew his name. He was just, we knew where he was from. And he had that Y ca- uh, baseball cap. And, and that's just what we called him. Like, I don't know. To this day, I'm not sure. He's probably out there listening at some point. I, if, I, if I thought he had, his best friend was a redheaded guy. If I thought hard enough, I could come up with him. But we just knew him as, simply as, uh, as Yoakum. Did you, did you catch that on-field MC? The other day, Chris, I was bragging on this guy earlier from OU. I I thought I loved how they did their highlights. Did you notice that? Like they would do, they would do live in-game highlights on those great scoreboards they had uh, at 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 uh, at the at the huge OU stadium. And the guy was he was like a sports anchor. I mean, I, I think you could pull it off. But I was very impressed. It was like, you know, most times when you have the stadium MCs, all those little hits they do are kind of canned and they're standing around in the stands or whatever. Well, this dude's standing on the field voicing over live highlights. Uh, I say live. You know what I mean. He, they're highlights yeah. of the games like from the Kansas uh, was playing OSU. And everybody's getting excited about uh, OSU getting beat by Kansas. And there was that Tennessee game. Everybody was following Georgia. And – I was really impressed with that guy. Did you catch any of his work during that game? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. And, and it was cool to see how well the crowd responded to it. Like you said, everybody was hanging on, so invested. He was giving the updates. I thought that was very cool. I would love to see Baylor add a little bit of more of that in McLean. And, and then, Mosley, how loud was that crowd every time they showed Oklahoma State losing during those highlight segments? It was like <laughs> they were just as excited about that as they were about whatever was happening in the stadium that day. Yeah, that made me sad for Bedlam a little bit. I mean, that that, that they, you know, it's like, yeah, they, they, they love the rivalry. I was asking them who they hated more, Texas or Oklahoma State. And, and a lot of them kind of, it's, it's, it's almost an equal type deal, although they'll wear those like horns down things and certain things. So it probably most people would end up saying Texas. But I think the people that are from Oklahoma, it might actually be Oklahoma State. Just crazy. That they would that that rivalry is going to end, but we saw it with Texas and Texas A and M, uh, and we're going to see that one renew. Have you paid any attention, by the way, to this Pac-12 news that's flying around today? Talk of the Pac-12 uh, maybe adding a team. I mean, I I can't say that. I mean, San Diego State. I saw some report indicating that, Chris. I mean, that, you're from out that direction. That does not do much for me. In, in that part of the world, um, does that does that does that get anybody fired up about like with the Pac-12 teams that are still remaining? Would that excite anybody about adding a San Diego State? Uh, uh, no, uh, honestly, no. I think if they added a San Diego State five years ago, I think people would have been like, "Cool, great, you know, they're good. They're a program that can compete and probably get to that level of Pac-12." But we're at a time where you need to start doing some, you know, some things that are a little bit more sexy. You gotta, you gotta be talking to the Gonzagas for basketball. You gotta be talking to the teams like Cincinnati coming off a playoff. So I think because the stakes are so high in the Pac-12 right now to just try to survive as a conference, I'm not sure San Diego State is the one to do that. Um, but I do. I mean, they're they're a decent program, and I think that they could take a step up. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not one that you look at and go. Oh, awesome! We've been hoping for San Diego State to be a part of our our uh, conference. I, I just don't think you're getting much of that out there. All right, Chris. It's been a, you've already been a long day. You've covered a lot. I hope you'll go out and maybe see the Baylor women tonight. Baylor women, seven o'clock versus Lamar. You're very young. Uh, you know, you could just you and Darby both. Y'all could just be right out there in the middle of that. And I, I do like it that you're always in the right place at the right time. You even got that shot of the elevator guy out in Lubbock. I don't think I ever brought that up with you. Not letting Mahomes <clears throat> onto the elevator because the coaches needed to go up. And uh, and and I think you have a – who is this, Sean Bell, that's standing there and you're you're filming this whole thing? That had to be a, a kind of a funny moment when the elevator – when the elevator guy basically told Pat Mahomes, "Hey, you wait, Buster. We got to get these coaches up to the coaches' box." Yeah, the elevator opened, and he said, "Oh, you got to wait for coaches." And Mahomes laughed and continued walking on, thinking it was a joke. And the elevator guy had to legitimately be like, "Oh no! Like, you actually have to wait. I, I have to bring the coaches up." So it was great. Obviously, Mahomes. I mean, he was smiling in my picture. He's a great sport talked about how much he loves the the guy who works the elevator. I think his name is Larry. I was told. So, you know, that made it better that Mahomes is such a good sport about it, but I just couldn't believe it. Super Bowl MVP sitting there waiting for the elevator with the rest of us scrubs. So that, that was fantastic. (laughs) 
Oh, man, I was in one of those situations, and it opened on a floor where I was trying to get back up, and Sean and those guys were trying to go back up to the press box. Well, obviously, I didn't mean to try to jump on with them, but I thought I kind of – I've known Sean for a pretty good while, and I kind of thought Sean would kind of give me the, you know, he's okay, he can come up. And <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean asked me what – he did He did engage with me. He asked me – what the cap I was wearing was for, and it was a Lake Highlands High School cap. And then he kind of, then he said, "Oh, okay." And then they went on up. I thought Sean was gonna <laughs> give me, give me the, uh, "Oh, come on up, Mosley." And I was left standing on the second floor of the stadium, but I did make it up there in time to catch most of that um, second half. Chris, uh, always fun to catch up with you, uh, and uh, look forward to talk, talking to you soon. I'll see you. I'll see you in Waco very soon, okay? Well, Saturday, in fact, okay. uh, K-State Baylor. All right? Yeah. For a night game, should be a great one. Thanks for having me on, Matt. You bet. There he goes, Chris Williams. You see him on TV. Channel 10, he and Darby both uh, uh, bring in really good ratings for our CBS affiliate here in the uh, here in the greater Waco area, all of Central Texas. Well, KWTX goes all the way has a, a pretty large reach. Okay, 